Hello, it's me, Milo, just letting you know that this is a very special uh, bonus episode that we have unlocked for the free feed. Uh, it's the episode we did with Alice a couple of months back, uh, Alice Caldwell Kelly from Trash Future, if you don't know her. Um, it was a really great episode, so we've decided to unlock it for you guys and also uh, to let you know that... Uh, we've just done another episode with Alice. Uh, we reviewed the classic 2000 Mel Gibson movie, What Women Want, which Alice had lots to say about. Um, and uh, that was a great episode too. So that, that's currently on our Patreon at the at the $5 tier, Movie Corner. Um, so do check that out. Uh, also, uh, this Sunday, the 30th of May, um, I am doing a performance of my 2019 Edinburgh comedy show, Pindos. Um, there's going to be a link to that in the show notes. You can either come in person in London, it starts at 8 p.m., or there are also tickets online for live streaming. So uh, without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Atlas Caldwell Kelly. the last episode i was editing i was cursing you under my breath because you were filing your nails near the microphone throughout so it's just like the guest is talking and you can just really loudly hear like <laughs> all podcasting is going, mm. all, all podcasting really is is a quest to find different sounds that annoy the listener that you don't even know that you make um mm. on, like honestly that was that i was doing that in like kind of a trance I think that was a kind uh-huh. of I'd sort of gone into a I'd gone Seinfeld into a kind, hypno. Of, a kind of nail care trance because mm. I don't remember doing that apart from after we after we finished record my nails looked beautiful. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. That explains it all. That explains everything we need to know. It um, does. Just alien so, hand syndrome, but for perfect manicures. <laughs> the, de- the devil makes our manicures for idle hands. Um. It, I guess welcome to this another episode of Masters of Dow Domain, which we've started as we mean to go on by not talking about Seinfeld. Um, I am Milo Edwards, a man who has seen this stage uh, about about ten or eleven episodes, eleven episodes of Seinfeld, um, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Phoebe Roy. Hello. That's all she ever says. And uh, we are joined this week by a very special guest who I will introduce weirdly formally because I have to introduce her to the listener, but is someone I spend far too much virtual time with to introduce yeah. this formally. It's Alice Caldwell Kelly. Hello. Yes. Hi. Uh, watched my first episode of Seinfeld ever for this. Baby's first Seinfeld. That's right. That's right. How are you feeling? Pumped? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm hyped. I'm excited. Uh, I, I got to see 22 minutes of the finest sketch comedy the 1990s had to offer, and I feel <laughs> yeah. like I've been elevated by it. I really appreciate it. <laughs> this is how you find out that uh, an episode of Seinfeld was actually your activation code. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I've murdered JFK. Yeah, for some reason, I feel sure the need to like, pack a sniper rifle into a suitcase and then set up on this grassy knoll. <laughs> What's the deal with a book depository? <laughs> need to What's deposit the, deal? the books now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, isn't that a library? 
<laughs> it's very funny to imagine as a bit like a guy they Manchurian candidated for murdering JFK, but like he didn't watch the activation film and then accidentally watches it 60 years later. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to dig up JFK to shoot him some more. Seinfeld be Seinfeld. Yeah, <laughs> just like it, just like climbing, like trying to break into an abandoned book depository to shoot a JFK who isn't there. <laughs> well, it's a museum now. It's a museum about the JFK assassination. So I guess they just think that you were LARPing, which is very cool. The reenactment. How much that would trip you out during your Manchurian candidate trots? <laughs> you're like, wait, what? It's already set up. It can't be a very interesting museum where you just go in there. There's just a big sign on the wall saying the CIA did it. Yeah, and a bunch of boxes. <laughs> A bunch of empty boxes and a bunch of boxes of, like, school books from the 50s. Mm. Like, yeah. Cool. I just come here to read the racist textbooks. They don't let you have those anymore. (laughs) (laughs) These days, they make you read between the lines for the racism in the textbooks. I liked it when it was explicit. (laughs) Well, I suppose it behoves us to, at some point, talk talk about Seinfeld. Um... With a with a hint of disappointment, I bring us I bring <laughs> us around to the subject matter which we've chosen to discuss. Um, uh, it opens with a bit. We love a bit. We love a bit. On oh this, yeah. Uh, where uh, Seinfeld talks about receiving a scam letter. Um, this is I mean this is immediately very nineties receiving like junk mail that's trying to con you out of From money. From the publisher's than- clearinghouse. Yeah. Because mm. the setup um, for this joke is you may already have won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he has a, um, I, I quite liked the structure of this bit because he does think that I've, I've had some very exciting news. Would you like me to share it with you? And he's like, I may have won several prizes, um, and then he just sort of goes in to explain the kind of the scam letter. I mean, Americans are more familiar with it as Publishers Clearinghouse. I feel like British people are more familiar with it as like Nigerian general with a large sum of money to disperse mm. if you will only pay the transfer fee. Um, I thought it was a decent bit. I thought it was more like a kind of like a, a sort of scratcher that you get in the paper. So it's not like specifically a scam, but you're also not going to have won anything. Like one of those mm. ones where you have to like ring a premium rate number and then you end up like and then you end up winning like a six pack of red stripe. Mm. But you could win 15 grand, but yeah. you don't win. I'm not sure grand. how this mm. like how this thing is meant to work, really, other than that it's a scam. Yeah. I think it would be good to like bring back some scams of the past. I'm I'm sick of this getting, you know, getting a text that's pretending to be from my bank. Like mm. I want like I I want I want someone to like target me you up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I'm I'm fully with you Phoebe. I want the like the the fucking the sting kind of scams, right? Where yeah. like a couple of guys in fedoras like just flat out lie to my face. I got the yeah. bank text scam the other day, and mm. they said, if you don't recognize this thing, please visit HTTPS cancellationdenyaccess.com Incredible. <laughs> so, if, One if of you're my listening, go websites. to cancellationdenyaccess.com yeah, I, I want to I I get Ocean's Eleven. That's the website for my new stand-up tour. <laughs> <laughs> the woke left have finally cancelled and denied me access. <laughs> We hate to see it. Yeah. B- build oh. build a perfect replica of a podcasting studio and then rob that instead of whatever this is, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I want I want a scam which I can't quite 
describe to somebody else because I'm not entirely sure what happened. Yeah, well, I, I realise what we're describing here is not only like scams in real life, but also the like the BBC series Hustle, which ah. was genuinely, I think, the product of the exact same discussion, <laughs> but amongst BBC executives, and one of them was just like, yo, you remember scams? <laughs> Another one was like, I so yeah, remember I so scams. Remember scams. scams oh. were sick. Do you want to start a restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> it would be a very funny bit to imagine, like, uh, guy, like old timey 1950s scammers in fedoras and suits showing up to your house, but doing it like entirely modern scams. Uh, see, my like, friend here is a Nigerian general. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, see, you got a limited time because you drew a tax rebate from the HMRC, but they had to communicate that through me. Now, we're going to need you to buy these iTunes gift cards, see? You've been specially selected for a coronavirus vaccine. <laughs> that was actually an amazing scam I found out about. They were talking about on Bunta Vista, mm. that there were like a load of Australian people who'd been conned out of thousands of Australian dollars. Uh, so like 50p? Yeah, basically, yes. Um, by a scam where they had been told that they owed the Australian tax office some money, mm-hmm. and they were then instructed to repay this money by going and purchasing iTunes gift cards (laughs) and and mailing them to an address. And the the scam was unraveled when one woman was like panicking in a a supermarket buying like hundreds of dollars worth of iTunes gift cards and the server was like, yo, uh, what's up? (laughs) She was like, well, I've got to repay my tax bill. And he was like, yeah, sounds like that's a scam, pal. And And it's particularly funny because the Australian tax office is just a pit in the sand and it is run by a koala mm. so just a, a koala do- getting <laughs> bombarded with like shoveled in phone cards <laughs> <laughs> that's what we like to see a, 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 an enterprising koala yeah. engaged yeah. in a all koalas are enterprising if you give them the opportunity yeah <laughs> all we've given them so far is chlamydia so, <laughs> you know. and what is chlamydia but enterprise persevering <laughs> what is committee of a love persevering really um i like to i like to leave women with a memento of a special night we spent together yeah milo vision yeah that's right just a, just a small amount of chlamydia it's one of the more benign std a tasteful amount yeah yeah you don't want loads of chlamydia that's vulgar Mm. No, no, just absolutely like a, not. You're just, just like yeah, a I have a small one. I'm driving. Well, you know what? You know yeah, what? Yeah. You know what? Coco Chanel said. Well, before you leave the house, you look in the mirror, and then you just take off one thing, and that's what you have to do with chlamydia. Just like just hide some some off the top. Mm. It's very. That's a very dangerous piece of advice. Depending on what you're wearing, <laughs> I, I, I wish I could convey the the hand motion that went along with like hive some off the top. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Alice, I forgot that you can see yeah. us. Yeah, <laughs> this just uh, in uh, the second in a sequence of me terrifying you guys as we try and record a mm. podcast together, where I log it's on like, too early and just say hi, and you're like, ah, fuck, and then you forget that you have the camera on. So also, I know. Oh, all and see all. Yeah, the Alice Stasi. Yeah. Um, I, right. Yeah, we're, the powerful trans lobby is watching you. <laughs> um, yeah, but before we started recording, uh, I had been watching the King Arthur movie 
for uh, Trash Future and I'd had the studio speaker, which we don't normally have turned on, turned on and turned up quite loud because the film was a bit quiet. <laughs> uh, but like, it was way too loud for Zencaster. And then when Alice came on, she was like, hi. And it sounded like the voice of God. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> how's it going? <laughs> that's right. Um, that's actually how Alice sounds with no effects. Go yeah, to your mirror right. and take off one item of clothing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's super dangerous advice if you wear like onesies or whatever. You know, yeah. you're just showing up with like one shoe on. <laughs> what what if the one item you pick is like pants? You know, what if I just take my trousers off? Yeah. Mm. Well. Coco Chanel has a lot to answer for. That is true. Borat style wearing underwear and like shoes and a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Coco Chanel's like, hell yeah. And then if anyone asks, she's just like, yeah, Gabrielle told me to do this. She also told (laughs) me that there is... She also told me that the the fashion industry is uh, under an unacceptable Jewish spell. Mm. So don't know what that's about. I much prefer an acceptable Jewish spell. Yeah. (laughs) That's my a bunch usual, of Nazis uh, looking at themselves in the mirror in like full SS <laughs> uniform and like, what's well, a little busy? What, what's yeah, one thing I can lose yeah. from this? Too many pins. Yeah. <laughs> Too many skulls. Solemnly <laughs> taking off armband. Heinrich, you are over-accessorizing. <laughs> you got to take off at least one of those bracelets. <laughs> that was the fucking the, uh, German media weirdo that I discovered this week, whose name what, is Heinrich genuinely- Himmler. No, no. Um, <laughs> yo, that guy's still around. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I have a, I have a, a job in the media now. <laughs> yeah, I write for Spiked Online. <laughs> um, for what is Spiked Online but Nazis persevering? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, down as the Spiked offices, they tease me for being a bit of a lefty. <laughs> so I never worked for living Marxism. I'm like, yeah, yeah, national socialism, yeah, yeah. Um, we tried to take the socialism out, but, you know, branding, it's hard to change. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is. Um, uh, but, yeah, we uh, there, there's a guy called Ulf Poshart, yeah, which, which is, is a, a name. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is a name. Who'd Ulf, written Ulf a tweet posting. in German, but had used so many loan words that it just <laughs> read like a really brain-dead tweet in English. And it was like... Die, die Vocal Haram haben uh, Margaret Thatcher und uh, Coco Chanel gecancelled. <laughs> I hate being gecancelled. I hate it so much. Um, uh, yeah, Coco Chanel cancelled for the, for the crime of being a Nazi. That's right. The worst Not- is, you know he says Vogue. The Vogue, yeah, yeah. The Vogue Voco. Stasi. Vogue Haram. She was not a uh, Woco Chanel. Uh-huh. Ein, ein Vogue, Ein Reich. <laughs> anyway. Um, Everyone pile in the Wokes wagon. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to remind yourself periodically that the Volkswagen was invented was by the, Hitler. It was the Nazi car. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. Ah, it's the little cute Nazi, Nazi car. It's the little Nazi car. It's so wild and so Nazi. After the everyone will have this delightful little car. <laughs> it's like the the brief flashes of camp through fascism are so are so charming, right? Have you ever seen a little car? I, I mean, I, I I'm always saying this about the Nazis, but the fact that they were so evil does often obscure how mental they were, mm. and like yeah. the really just bizarre, like eccentric elements of it, like the everyone must cook a one pot meal on a Sunday. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right, so we are almost 15 minutes in and we have managed to discuss We've done the a lot on the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> but quite a lot on the Nazis and their cute little car. Look, <laughs> it's a, it's a one-hour podcast about a 20-minute TV show. What do you want from me? you got to pad it out. We'll drive our little car to Argentina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the the Nazi car produced under license in Argentina. Oh, fuck! I bet they did do that though. I bet there were a bunch mm. of guys like this fucking off postings, uh, like uh, predecessors, mm. who were just working in Argentina making darling little cars and not asking any questions about why that might be. Mm. Mm. <laughs> no, no, this is not uh, this is not the Nazi car. This is a uh, La Malvina. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little Argentine car. <laughs> smash, like, smash cut to their grandkids on LinkedIn, just being like, yeah, so as the, ch- as the, you know, as the child of refugees, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Hugo Chavez, like. kind of low-key, problematic and ableist. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Like a guy... <laughs> I'm now thinking of like uh, World World War Two. Baz getting mad at a scenario in his head, and the scenario is uh, like former Nazi generals getting refugee aid in the UK. <laughs> you know, they're coming over here from Nazi Germany to work on Operation Paperclip. And why is it that they're getting free housing and benefits when we've got nothing? <laughs> well, I understand that we cannot run our space program without them. But do we really need a space program? Because as far as I'm concerned, what is there in space other than more foreigners? Exactly. They're trying to go to space to turn it Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree with it. It's not right. Um, oh, did right, you I'm see gonna... this? Is I'm going to derail your podcast again. I'm sorry. Okay. All right, that's fine. Did you see it was the, never on a rail? The, the Talksport guy, Talksport Mike, suggested and did a poll on this even on Twitter. Should we take British citizenship away from Meghan and Harry? I mean, don't threaten them with a good time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love Britain. It's a cool country. It's very normal. I love how you can get a job on radio where your job is basically like you have to find the most insane possible take every day. Yeah, because like, you're not allowed like to do like fun podcasting stuff, like talk no. about Seinfeld or not talk about Seinfeld. You have to be topical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't do bits. You've got to like your bit is coming up with the most Nazi thing you can think of on any given day. Um, and I feel like even the Nazis weren't doing that. I feel like even they had more yeah, downtime days off than to design delightful little cars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had they had like little fun bits that they did in addition to the horrendous crimes against humanity. Um, whereas, so we've got yeah. crimes against humanity, crimes against humanity, crimes against humanity. But on Sunday, we thought we'd go for a little day out. Yeah. <laughs> have a break at 4.30 for a camp little car. They literally <laughs> did that, though. There was, um, have you heard of Prora? It's this German town on the, on the Baltic coast, and the Nazis built a sort of Nazi holiday resort. Like a, well, I don't want to call it a camp, but like a Butlins. Mm. And literally, I was going to say, wow. I've been to Pontins. I mean, I don't think that there's... <laughs> yeah, and so like, af- after they won the war, everyone was going to drive their delightful little car think. to the Baltic Sea, and then just have a nice time, I guess. <laughs> well, that's precious. <laughs> <laughs> 
wonderful. None of them can fit in their cute little cars because their hats are too massive. Just like, take your hat off. <laughs> Heinrich, we're on holiday. <laughs> in, the, the, in the pool wearing the hat. <laughs> leave the genocide in the week. <laughs> this is your day off. Like the fat kid who won't take the show off in the pool, like Himmler's ashamed of his like receding hairline, so he's just wearing <laughs> wearing the hat in the pool. That'd be fun if they had SS swimming hats. <laughs> what, like a swimming oh, hat with like a swastika on it. <laughs> a big, a big skull. <laughs> so I just like, yeah, like the idea of them all being like kind of Batman villains that they all have kind of like mm. kind of bra- everything has to be kind of branded. They're kind of branded mm. accoutrements because yeah. So, somebody pulls the riding pants down and they just have like a bunch of tiny swastikas on the boxer shorts kind of thing. I mean, say say what you like about the about the Nazis. They definitely did brand synergy. <laughs> so, thank you for inviting me on your Seinfeld podcast. Where within, within a matter of minutes, we've got man, the Nazis are precious. Weren't they? <laughs> there is no more this podcast energy than beginning a sentence with "Say what you like about the Nazis," <laughs> and we do, we do on this podcast. Please, please don't use that as the as the sample for the program. <laughs> Just Phoebe saying that, and then there's like, and then it cuts out, and then it's like, subscribe to the Patreon. <laughs> to be fair, we might well get a few signups based on people just being like, I just need to hear the end of that sentence. Mm. <laughs> people who wanted us to cancel. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the only way you you want to cancel us, pay us. Um, <laughs> Actually, if you're listening to this, you are already paying us. So yeah, thank so you for that. Please don't cancel. We that. hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, ca- that no, cancel Nazi me. Bit. Cancel me. It's my fault. Yeah, yeah. that's right. It is your fault. Thank <laughs> you. Alex Alex throwing herself over <laughs> yeah, no. that's right. <laughs> cancel me. Great, great. Yeah. Thank you, Alice. I, I appreciate you're it. You're so young. I have nothing to live for. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. They've been cancelling me since before you were born. <laughs> 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 okay. Someone on the ISS just like, my God. Right. <laughs> 20 minutes. Still haven't managed to talk about the show. We've talked about the opening Yeah, we 30 talked seconds. about the opening bit All right. for like 10 seconds. Okay. Let's right. show. So this is actually a very, this is actually a very fun episode of Seinfeld Sa- yeah. because it revolves around uh, protecting a statue, as mm. Alice observed with her Zencaster name. Um, so uh, basically the way the episode begins is that... Uh, uh, Jerry has found a load of his grandfather's stuff, which he had like in storage somewhere in the building, and he is going through it to decide what to throw out and what Kramer is going to take because um, Kramer had, it's kind of been established by this stage that Kramer just loves free stuff no matter how awful it is. Yeah, he gets a um, pair of knee socks, which is like makes me envision femboy Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> Made boy Kramer. <laughs> femboy Kramers, yeah. Kramer, this is my grandfather's maid outfit. Don't you feel weird putting it on? Kramer, we've got you a special pink Volkswagen. Will you come to the coast with us? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Nazi sign. <laughs> <laughs> well, wear your knee socks. <laughs> the Nazis, like in, late, like, in the world where the Nazis won the war, like in a sort of later period, like slight softening of the Nazi regime, they, they acknowledge that Jewish people are very good at writing sitcoms. And so there's sort of like a, <laughs> there's like an autonomous Jewish area where they produce sitcoms, and that's how Nazi Seinfeld gets made. There was a, um, there was a bit in one of John Ronson's books, I can't remember which it was, um, but it was about um, a hugely anti-Semitic uh, Islamist cleric and he said it 
It was really, really strange talking to him because he speaks like a character on a Jewish sitcom because it's so kind of like pervasive in the culture. He kind of speaks like a Seinfeld character, but also talking about how he hates the Jews, uh, which I thought was quite, which I thought was quite uh, opposite. But which Seinfeld character though? Like well, kind of, I think I th- I th- it sounded like a kind of like one of the because obviously Alex, you won't have seen it. the parents. They're, they're just they're just too much. <laughs> you won't have seen you won't have met the parents yet. No, um, mm. but when you meet the when you meet uh, Jerry and George's yeah, when families, I keep watching this show after recording this podcast, which, which I'm definitely defi- going to do, which you definitely are going to do because I'm afraid it is in your contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, we did message to earlier, so uh, take yep. a little look at that. Mm. Uh, and the, yeah, there was a, yeah, there was another thing I was going to say about. That. Oh yeah, no, no, it was that uh, someone tried to cancel us uh, because Steve Bannon apparently owns some some of like the syndication shares or something in Seinfeld. So, so we're huh. like giving him money so by it, promoting Seinfeld. So every time it goes, as so if <laughs> Seinfeld hasn't made enough money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so every so every time. Um, Every time Seinfeld's on TV, uh, Steve Bannon gets a little bit of money, which is quite funny. And but Larry David gets a lot of money. Yeah, so so. Larry David gets a lot of money, and that is how we do reparations. <laughs> You're doing right. redistribution of wealth, but also yeah, to Steve Bannon. But also to a yeah. bit to Steve Bannon. And yeah, that's and so- a compromise with the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Like, look, what we're going to do as reparations for the Holocaust, we're going to give Larry David a lot of money. We're not going to give any to the rest of the Jewish people, just Larry David. Just Larry David. And yeah. then, but unfortunately, <laughs> we did, we fucked up the paperwork a little bit. We answered a weird text from HSBC. And now <laughs> we do have a uh, contractual obligation to give some. Holocaust reparations to Steve Bannon. That was a mistake, yeah. but one that cannot at this stage so be rectified. It was a computer error. Um, it was put on the wrong list. Sorry, that's 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 all bad. Yeah, yeah. So someone tried. To, so someone tried to cancel us for you know. So ah, oh, should you be, should left us be doing a podcast about Seinfeld, considering you're giving money to Steve Bannon? And I was just like, I tried to give money to him directly. He's no longer answer. He's no, he's he's blocked my Monzo, so so this is the only way I can find to do no it. No longer on the Steve Bannon OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, keep trying Bad to, to get on his private snap. Want to see what fans. those chin rolls do? Oh, <laughs> oh God! Clap your chin rolls, Steve. <laughs> yeah. People are just interested in me for my chin rolls. It's disgusting. Um, so tell us about the plot of this episode, right, anyway, Milo. Yeah, so they're going through, they're going through uh, Jerry's granddad's stuff. Um, uh, uh, Kramer finds all of uh, it's both the knee socks and then also like a, a hat and a coat, uh, which are going to come in handy later, uh, which he also wants. And then he finds a statue um, of like a woman in a dress. And uh, Costanza, who's also there, starts losing his shit because this is exactly the same as a statue that he broke when he was a child and his parents were really mad that he broke it and they could never find another one again. George and uh, Kramer fight over the statue and then uh, Jerry has them play this game called Inkadink, yeah. uh, which is basically eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Yeah, it's eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Yeah, which he rigs so that George wins. Um, and so Kramer lets George have the statue. Uh, and then also introduced, I mean, is Elaine also there at this point? I think so. I don't she think she's no, I think she shows up later. Yeah. She shows up later. So Elaine shows up and it's established that she's working for this woman called Rava editing her book and that Rava's boyfriend who's a Finnish graduate student no, is going to No, 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 Rava's, no, Rava's, Rava's finished. Rava's finished. Rava's the fin- the gloomy 
Finnish writer. Which is, which is so funny, right? Because Rava is like genuinely a hot-tempered Finnish woman, a thing that definitely exists. And is yeah. yeah, this is the thing. Last watching, it and I was just like, "What are the cultural stereotypes about Finnish people? Getting I depressed and killing yourself." Yeah, I, I but I didn't think it was like especially like a kind of a sort of a saturnine people. So no. I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was sort of an interesting portrayal. Finnish culture is the the meme of the guy sweating while deciding what button to press, and the two buttons are hating the Nazis more and hating the Soviet Union more. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, but I, I always thought that like mm. the, the stereotype was that Finns were sort of a melancholic people, right? Ah, well, okay. Mm. Well, then, then that, then that, then that stereotype checks out. Mm. So, but I didn't because I because I just sort of thought I have only ever met one Finnish person, and she was uh, she was an alcoholic. Hmm. Genuinely, Alice and I <laughs> once. That's my, <laughs> that's, that's my story. About so statistically, a hundred percent of Finnish people. So let's people. extrapolate that. Mm-hmm. And she also, as I said, had Finns. So, yeah, as everyone does in Finland, and that's why it's called Finland. Yeah. If you mm. move there, you have to get given. You have them grafted on. Yeah, um, yeah. Alice and I once on a live stream played a video game set in Finland, in which you have to restore uh, an old car. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a no video game set in Finland immediately sounds worrying. Um, and uh, genuinely, about half an hour into this, we were killed by a swarm of bees. So that's my experience of Finland. Yeah. Okay, well, again, if we're extrapolating, 100% the population has Finns, are alcoholics, and there killed is by a bees. plague of murderous bees. Yeah, and, and yeah. it's killed by bees. There's only one person and in That's Finland. why they're coming over here. <laughs> right in our books. We're forced Swimming to assume... over here with their Finns. Yeah. yeah. After this episode, Rava is then killed by bees, as is the way of her people. Yeah. <laughs> as is the way of the Finns. Exactly. Oh, so I thought the yeah. bit, the bit was that the the grad student boyfriend was also Finnish. No, he's not. And Finnish. the fact that he speaks perfect English was like a joke about how Scandinavians speak perfect English. And you're then making because he the show like weird Shakespearean English. No, you're making the show better no, than it is. No, it's... that's way too that's way too complicated. No, no, no. He's supposed to be a he's supposed to be an NYU graduate student, Columbia, maybe. Yeah, who's just like yeah. posh, and as part of that, is affecting a kind of British accent. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was like the one of those jokes about you meet someone from like northwestern Europe and you're like, "Hi, do you speak English?" and they're like, uh, "Forsooth, actually, my English is not as good as it might be, but perhaps with a little practice <laughs> with yourself, I could improve it." Do, do you think um, Ulf, the Ulf guy, speaks English like that? Yes. Oh, maybe. For, forsooth, yeah. the woko haram. <laughs> Low. <laughs> is this alas woko haram? <laughs> I see before me <laughs> pronouns towards my hand. Um, In fact, maybe he's he's so he's he's so posh in English that his last name is just pronounced entirely differently from how it's spelled. What's his last name? What was his posh name? Art, but it's yeah, pronounced Singer. But yeah, it's, pro- it's pronounced <laughs> Patterson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Ulf is short for like Wolfred. <laughs> Hello, I am Ulf Patterson. Would you care mm. to take a ride in my Volkswagen? <laughs> <laughs> Get in the wokes wagon, loser. <laughs> We're going copping. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That is right. Yeah. Hop into the wokes wagon of this podcast. Not because uh, Nazis be shopping. That, yeah. that is true. Yeah. That is true. Um, and so the, uh, the Finnish graduate student uh, comes around and starts cleaning Jerry's house. Jerry goes out to do a bit. Uh, the bit is about the guilt you feel when you have a maid because you're like, oh, I should have cleaned up more. Like, do I really need this? That's yeah, that re- classic relatable comedy about having a maid. 
Yeah. And then uh, and then Jerry is like, uh, if I was a maid, I'd be really critical. Like, what? You couldn't clean this up? What? You're leaving this for me, huh? Um, which is a good way to get fired, I think. Mm. But, uh, would be quite a funny bit. A rare Jerry Seinfeld praxis moment. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much to say about that, really, is there? That's a... About that bit, no. It's an no, obvious... Aside from, like, maid boy Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Kramer is his mate. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's kind of where it's kind of where Jerry kind of uh, teeters over into kind of mum's net rhetoric. It's like, mm. know what it's like. You always got to clean up before the cleaner comes round. What we like? <laughs> um, we hate trans people. Like the, Jerry so Seinfeld kind of that's the vibe. <laughs> Jer- Jerry Seinfeld drinking from a, a comically oversized monogrammed glass of rosé. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld is appearing. He's dyed his hair red. No one knows why. Raymond, what are you wearing those socks for? You can't change biological sex. <laughs> Just steaming into Jerry's apartment, waiting for him to go to the bathroom. It's like, what are you doing going in there? No penises in the bathroom. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, we gotta put in gender neutral toilets. <laughs> is that your Kramer? Yeah, I mean it's not <laughs> it's not great. But you recognized it as Kramer. Yeah, you do have the cadence face. of a Kramer. It had the yeah. Kramer, yeah. It yeah, Kramer's it. always like wide-eyed. Mm, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Um so yeah, then the bit's over uh, and then um Jerry's inspecting the apartment. He sort of can't believe how thorough the guy was. Uh he's you know, the apartment's never been so clean. He's like he even cleaned between the dishwasher and the cupboard in this like little gap. He's like, "How did he get in there?" Um and then Elaine takes Jerry around to uh, Rava's house, where that guy also is, and they have uh, tea. And Jerry notices that he has the statue, uh, which George had previously left on the side at Jerry's to collect later. Um, and so Jerry becomes convinced that uh, he stole the statue. Elaine's trying to get him not to say anything because she doesn't want to get fired from her book editing job. Uh, he tries to call Kramer on their phone to get Kramer to check uh, if the statue is still there, and uh, then and then they come back in the room, and Jerry sort of pretends that his mum had phoned him up at their house uh, to ask to about ask... French toast. Yes, exactly, which is a great cover. Have we said what the issue is with the statue in the first place? Have we said why George so wants the statue? Because I feel like that's important. Yeah, yeah, because he wants to give it to his parents. Yeah, but he, he broke, he it, broke it when he was a kid and the, their disappointment set him on the path to becoming the George Costanza that we know and love. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And I if mean, he do- hadn't broken it, he would be like bubbly and vivacious and he would, you know, drive a darling little Nazi car and so on and so <laughs> forth. George, Stan- George Costanza, who's just constantly getting pussy because he never broke a statue as a child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the kind of broader schema of the show, George's relationship with his family is very important. It's why I brought it up. Oh, okay. I like this. We're sort of in a seminar now that's being led by Phoebe. <laughs> that's right. Um, so I was just like, did anyone pick up on George's relationship Some with themes. the statue? Yeah. yeah. Let's, talk about, let's talk about themes. Uh, so who do you think represents God. <laughs> that's uh, Alice. Um, that's Alice. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Um, what What do any of you know about maid boys? <laughs> <laughs> have any of you ever been on TikTok? <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to. It was on the reading list, but you don't. You don't have to have been. Um, so then they go back. They end up back at uh, Jerry's flat, and they're deciding what to do about the fact that this guy has stolen the statue. They think. Um, uh, Jerry phones the police and they say there's nothing they can do. And then Kramer's like, we should go get him. 
Yeah, this uh, is my favorite part because it like from this point on the episode is Seinfeld does prison abolition and police abolition. <laughs> <laughs> the, the cops just are like, yeah, we're not we're not gonna do anything because we don't feel like it. And so from now on, it is up to Jerry and his yeah. friends to like yeah. get themselves the justice they deserve. Yeah, it's up. It's up to it's up to Jerry to form a uh, Seinfeld community model mm, yeah. of restorative justice yeah. uh, <laughs> by going to the house of this student and demanding the statue back. And I, for one, um, I for one support it. First yeah. of all, can't believe that Jerry Seinfeld called the British police by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, sorry, can't be bothered, mate. Uh, we're busy with his uh, with his horses on a roundabout. Um, <laughs> And uh, and also uh, that uh, yeah now it's like ancient Rome they have to like round up a few of their mates and the vigils and uh, go and get this guy. It's very funny because the reason the cop tells him that they can't do anything is because it's Jerry's word against this guy's. But like mm. Jerry's got two witnesses who have seen mm. this statue come out of a box in his house. And then yeah, disappear and into this other guy's have, house. And it's also supposed to have belonged to his grandfather, so presumably at least one family member is going to be able to confirm that this is an item which belongs to Jerry's family. Mm. Yeah. Mm. No, no, you know what? From a legal perspective, <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not airtight. Are you suggesting that it's police not aren't legal geniuses? <laughs> <laughs> I would never suggest such a thing. I support the police. That's right. This is so. This is the second example of Seinfeld praxis after That's the right. maid thing. Is yeah. he's just like, yeah, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna involve the police in this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna solve this myself. Replacing the police with heavily armed maid boys. <laughs> 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 it was all balanced about that. There's like some psychological research to show that the maid, the, the maid costume makes you much less violent. <laughs> <laughs> we should be increasing funding for social workers and maid. Yeah, the the yeah. plot of Demolition Man, when 20th century cop Sylvester Stallone is sent forward in time to find an all-made boy police department. Yeah. <laughs> now, as, as a compromise for the police with our Republican colleagues, what we've decided to do is just to sissify them. <laughs> it's not great, Biden. It's sort of it's, like, it, it needs more Biden? dialing in. <laughs> I thought that was one of the Bushes. Yeah, George W. Bush. <laughs> clearly. George W. Bush. Uh, now, if you, if you want your, your police, you can, that, see, that's you can more sissify like the police. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? <laughs> fuck. No. You've contracted, you've you've contracted Riley's disease. The thing about Riley. Goldberg accent machine. Yeah, yeah, the thing about Riley is Riley has the Enigma machine, but for accents, every time he tries to do an accent, a perfect impression of someone else's accent comes yeah. out. Mm. Well, sooner oh, or later, shit, I, I shouldn't have had unprotected sex with Riley. <laughs> <laughs> sooner or later, we are going to be able to uh, codify and map this out, so we can work out which accents are connected. Mm. Because that it, it's not a direct, it's not a direct swap, right? There's a yeah. kind of, there's a web. Um, so yeah. I assume hidden in one of the in in within this web is. Uh, is his trigger phrase. Yeah, we've got to decode <laughs> the Riley matrix. Which is going to cause him to go fully postal at a vineyard. Yeah. At the Blossom Hill Vineyard. <laughs> <laughs> camped, out, camped out on a grassy vineyard. Oh, <laughs> uh, 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 what's the deal with the uh, with, uh, grassy knolls? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this story, this storyline in mm. Seinfeld where he just 
completely blatantly steals the statue and then keeps it in his house uh, gave me a horrible, horrible flashback of something that happened uh, some years ago mm. when I used to have I used to have this pair of glasses which my um, which my boyfriend at the time had made for me like he had them kind of like custom mm. painted or something um, as a birthday present and they were Prada and they were and they were like dark red. And How did you see out of them if they'd been painted? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> the frames, dipshit. <laughs> oh right. Um, yeah. So, so how did you drink out of it if out of frame? <laughs> <laughs> Just in one of those moods today. So nobody else had this exact shade of dark red Prada glasses. They were hugely, nice. hugely expensive. And also because I am very, very blind, uh, it costs a huge amount of money to get my lenses thinned so that they don't look like the kind of the bottom of a milk bottle. Oh, okay. And I was staying with, uh, and I was staying with a friend <laughs> and <Excuse> I... <laughs> <laughs> Alice, it's your ringtone. That was my phone going drop. off. I'm sorry. <laughs> Alice recognises that every time you get a phone call, that is a potential danger. That's right. Yeah, the, <laughs> my fucking anxiety disorder ringtone. I'm sorry. Mm, that's <laughs> okay. Um, You're yeah. not at school, Alice. We can't. Yeah, we can't do, give no, you yeah, no, I've just fallen into the seminar vibe here. I'm just like, no, no. I'm, I'm put it on silent. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, oh, and I'm sure uh, Alice would be happy to share that with the class. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I, w- I went. I went. St- I went to stay with a friend, and mm. I lost my glasses, and I couldn't find them anywhere. And um, and I was like, and I was absolutely devastated. Number one, because they were hugely expensive. Yeah. Number two, because it meant I didn't have glasses. Number three, they were a present. It was a whole, a whole thing. Yeah. And then a few weeks later, I went to stay with the same friend, and his flatmate was wearing my fucking glasses, and she had found them and had had the lenses taken out and had her own lenses with her own That's prescription. Her what shit. the fuck? And I was like, those are my glasses. And he and she was just like. <laughs> They're not. Don't be mental. And I was like, "Yes, they fucking are," because they're a very specific shade of dark red. Because they were custom made. They're Prada. They're the same. They're the same ones. And she was just like, "So what? Sorry, what you're saying is I took your glasses and had my own lenses put in." And I was like, "That's exactly what I'm saying, you mad bitch." And she would absolutely. <laughs> she would not cave. She gaslight she, she didn't came, yeah, I got boss. I got mm. I got ga- I got gaslighted <laughs> as shit and I lost my extremely expensive glasses. So this was actually a very triggering episode for me. She's on a different podcast right now. Can you believe this mad bitch <laughs> insisted the glasses that weren't even her prescription were somehow her that I'd I'd stolen a pair of glasses and then taken them to an optician to have the lenses changed. <laughs> And then warn them in front of the person I'd stolen them that, from, despite them being a very specific shade of red. That's the most powerful kind of gaslighting is when you just say the thing that you did, but in a weird what, voice. What, sorry, what are you saying? That's what you're saying. Even I murdered this person. Powerful Nuremberg trial technique. What are you saying? You're, you're telling me that we committed unprecedented crimes against humanity. All of our driving is cute little cars. All of our driving is little pink car. Alice was a Baltic coast. Is that what you're saying? Mr. Netanyahu. <laughs> BB. 
<laughs> Benjamin Netanyahu aged like one as a Nuremberg yeah. child. No, just no, travelling through time then, like the doctor. Even yeah. then, he had a powerful uh, love for trials. He just loved the trial as a toddler. It's not a good trial. Yeah, his mum had to bring him and like kind of hold him up, but he knew what was going on. Mm, yeah, exactly. Look, in my, in my head, he was at least partly responsible for the Nuremberg trials, um, and I refuse to learn anything to the detriment of yeah. this assumption. I really upsettingly recently discovered that uh, young Netanyahu was hot. What? Oh yeah, no, yeah, no, no, Hold yeah. On, Milo I'm googling this. I'm yeah, not no, accepting Milo, this. Milo with sent no, me a picture no of young Netanyahu at like yeah, one o'clock a in the of him, morning like, as a young IDF officer, and he is he is smoking. Um, yeah, yeah this is Milo's problematic face. Yeah, can, can I see it? I'm, I not, guess. I'm not horny for Netanyahu. I should point yeah. that out. He actually looks a lot like young Joseph Biden. Oh, ever seen him in the same room, Joseph mm. Bibi. <laughs> Joseph BB Biden. <laughs> B Biden. That's what the BB stands for. Biden Biden. Biden Biden. Yeah. <laughs> Nabokov's unpopular follow-up novel. <laughs> the German the German town of Biden Biden. <laughs> I was like, now listen here, Mac. <laughs> Lord Biden Biden Powell. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> Listen up, listen up, Mac, you're in the scouts now. <laughs> Just imagining Baden Powell doing the gaslighting thing and being like, so you're saying <laughs> that I invented this whole system of scouting just to nonce children. <laughs> so, what, so what you're saying is that I am such, a, such an enormous nonce that I designed an entire method of uh, structuring your leisure time in order to provide me with lots and lots of boys. <laughs> would a nonce wear a scarf this weird? <laughs> would, a, would, a, would a nonce be called something quite so noncish as Lord Baden-Powell? Yeah. Would, would, would a, a nonce, nonce wear, wear shorts, shorts and knee-high socks? <laughs> <laughs> With formal <laughs> shoes. <laughs> I rest my gates. Would a nonce have this plumbing qualification? <laughs> it's an ancient Roman tradition. <laughs> it's supposed to be sort of from a hypercost. That's right. <laughs> to be fair, we have made it three quarters of an hour in without talking about nonces. So I think mm. I think that deserves well. a little a little raise a glass to us. Joseph Ritzel on trial. <laughs> oh, God Are you damn it. <laughs> I constructed und entire no, an entire no. dungeon in mine basement <laughs> so that I could have incest children. <laughs> Yeah, Joseph Fritzl was kind of a girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph Fritzl stolen Phoebe's glasses. That was the crime he got away with. <laughs> Nine, how could I have stolen your glasses? I've been in this basement the entire time. No, that You're should sounding be the, really crazy right now. That should be the that should be the crime that actually like ran him to ground. What like like, like, like Capone yeah. and tax evasion? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly what I mean. We couldn't we couldn't get him for the for the rape and incest, but we got him for the glasses. They were nice glasses, all right. Yeah. Just getting like a really unduly harsh sentence for the glasses because everyone knows what it's really for. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what happens. You know, it flew too close to the sun like Icarus there. But 
don't bring up Icarus again. Like, we're not. We're not doing this. We're not doing this shit. Because last yeah. last time you mentioned last time someone mentioned Icarus on this show, I ended up spending two pounds fifty to watch the Love Guru. So that's the yeah. so that's the trajectory. And yeah. it's not curious what I'm about the like on. sort of interstitial dominoes there between small domino <laughs> mentioning of Icarus. Not as many dominoes as you think, Alice. Yeah, not, as, not as many as I'd like. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, right. Anyway, so basically, what the, what Jerry decides to do is to organise to meet this guy to confront him. And when he when he when he phones the guy up, he kind of acts as though he knows what Jerry's talking about. He's like, "Yeah, that statue in your house." And the guy's like, "Oh yeah, I can't talk about it over the phone." So they meet at a cafe, and uh, uh, George is sitting back to back with Jerry, like in the next booth, listening in. Yeah, Moscow and- rules. Yeah, absolutely. And Jerry's having the conversation <laughs> with this guy. Uh, the guy says that he got the statue at a pawn shop, uh, and then and then he's like, "Well, I could I could phone the pawn shop and 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 confirm that with you." But the guy retired and moved to Singapore. Um, and then Costanza is like just getting like more and more furious as he's listening to the excuses and just like slapping his hand, and going like, "Come on, come on, this is ridiculous." And then eventually, um, he stands up and he's like. You stole the statue. Just admit that you stole it. Um, and he's like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "I'm the judge and the jury, pal." Um, and he's getting more Wahlberg again. Again, interesting, interesting uh, model of justice and uh, interest in justice reform. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So then the guy squares up to Costanza, um, and then George is like, "Right, you are," and uh, does nothing. Um, and so. Uh, then what happens is uh, uh, Elaine and Rava are in a lift together at her like literary agents or publishers' office, publishers', publishers office, and uh, they're like they're discussing the statue thing. And Elaine's like, "Oh, I am not getting involved. Like those guys, what are they like?" And then the door, the lift doors open, and they're like arguing about the statue. <laughs> and and the, the, Rava is saying like, "So you think he stole it?" Rava is um, also like smoking the whole time, which is cool. Mm, Her accent yeah. is like wandering the northern reaches of Europe. She ends up like <laughs> kind of Russian. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Although if we could just take a little visit to uh, Objectification Corner. Rather smoking hot. Yeah, as that's well why as she's smoking. smoking that's the whole why time. she's smoking. She's uh, <laughs> the smoke is actually they need just to coming off of her. The, mm. They need to disguise the smoke coming off her, so you just give her a cigarette, <laughs> just pretend to be honking on that. Yeah, yeah, she's extremely hot. I mean, at this point in the lockdown, almost any woman I see on television, I'm like, yeah, sure, lovely. Go ahead. <laughs> she's lovely, isn't she? Even, even, even 28 <laughs> just, years later. The point yeah. of the word "lovely" is like that's up there with mums saying yeah, that you look smart. Oh, she's just like, yeah. oh, she's this just, woman's old enough to be my mum. Absolutely. Just, she's just lovely isn't mm. she sort of getting a message from Milo again at one o'clock in the morning just being like look I know what I think I know what you're going to say but does Theresa May have a vibe <laughs> <laughs> oh not Theresa May don't do me like that <laughs> another six months of quarantine and just wait it would be Amber Rudd it wouldn't be Theresa May well, I know we, we, we've discussed this like Amber Rudd fucks she does yeah yeah, because like her deal I don't is like pretending it any more than you do. that she doesn't like being coy yeah. about the fucking. So yeah. the and so she's the Flora she's Gill the absolute can... yin yang opposite of Flora Gill. Yeah, because Flora Gill doesn't fuck. Yeah, because um, like Flora, I'm sorry if you're listening to this, but you don't fuck. Your mum does. Yeah, well, that's, but, like, that's also <laughs> where that where that dynamic comes from, right? Is that like Flora Gill will make a joke about pegging or something, right? Mm. And then Amber Rudd will pretend not to guess it. Whereas if you actually didn't guess it, you'd just be like, what? Yeah, what? No, no. Amber Rudd is actually quote tweeting it while pegging a guy, being like, mm-hmm. oh, Flora, what on earth is that? 
Perfect crime. <laughs> Like, I'm oh, so you're saying Phoebe's that I invented well. a whole podcast with my daughter <laughs> where she's very horny in order to disguise the fact that actually I'm the horny one. You're sounding kind of crazy right now, man. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, honestly, I feel gaslit by people who claim that Amber Rudd doesn't fuck. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's right. I told you last year, right, that this time, this time last year, because this was before, um, mm. uh, this was before... Uh, me and George started seeing started seeing each other, and it was around kind of sort of six weeks into the lockdown, mm-hmm. and I realised that the last person I'd had any physical contact with was this guy who I'd latterly found out was one of Amber Rudd's reply guys, who oh, wow. is like constantly in Amber Rudd's mentions, like suggesting that she reads various various kind of pop psychology books. Oh no! And mm. that was yeah, and like for. Two months of last I've year. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for two months of last year. I don't know why he's German. Like, yeah, why? Yeah, <laughs> he was a German. Yeah, yeah. Two months of last year. That, was, that was someone who I had, who had been the last person that I'd had any kind of physical contact with, and that was not a good feeling. Mm. Just trying to get Lord. Amber Rudd to read Nudge, and then uh, the longer he's in quarantine, <laughs> the books get weirder and weirder until he's trying to get her to read like fucking Vril or something. Oh, because I yeah, found like, Tan Tan or Kong. <laughs> I basically found this out because this was about because I remember when she was uninvited from the Oxford Union, and yeah. he had some thoughts about this, and mm. I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> Ho- hope she sees this, King. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Because it was, it was a little bit beyond hope she sees this king. It was more like, mm. you know, she's not going to see this king. Try, trying yeah. to get pegged by king? Amber Rudd. I king? almost respect her. King! King! <laughs> 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 and it just sort of turns into like, like that like kind of bit in like the end of a Disney film where just like the kind of the sort of swooping sad music starts. Mm. It's like, <gasps> no. And you look back. <laughs> Big eyes full of tears. King! Mind you, that guy, Twitter open on the iPad, wrist cut open in the bath. King? (laughs) King! King! Yeah. Um, and then, like, Clyde Minestra's in the background, like, so what? Sorry, what are you saying? (laughs) (laughs) I murdered my husband who just come back from the war in his bath. Sounding kind of crazy right now. Mm. Arrestees. Sounding a bit mental, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little bit of classics there for the real heads. Yeah. In many ways, Agamemnon was the original Fritzel. I uh, won't be expanding on that. <laughs> um, Menelaus is more of a Fritzel than Agamemnon is. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. He was trying to imprison his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, though, Fritzl didn't imprison his wife, did he? The wife lived no, in there upstairs. No, he imprisoned the daughters. Yeah. Daughters. Yeah, he had like a secret basement family that was distinct from his regular family. Well, Agamemnon. Yeah. Uh, a Patreon bonus family. <laughs> Agam- <laughs> Agamemnon sacrificed his daughter. Yeah, Iphigenia. So that's, so that's pretty Fritzl like. All right, fine. Agamemnon is Fritzl. Mm. I, I actually knew a Greek family in London who called one of their daughters Iphigenia, which I feel like is a very inauspicious naming choice. Yeah, I used to know an I used to know an Iphigenia. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. She's just like the most expendable daughter. <laughs> like, <laughs> look, if it comes to it, this is the one. Also, what, she's, our spare, she's our spare daughter. She's the one we're going to use for organs every, if we yeah, have to. This, every and, and, Greek like, man is... decides Sophie's choice in advance, just in case. And the, the thing is, right, you've got to have a daughter named Iphigenia, <laughs> but as we've established, <laughs> the, 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 that family's that dog is named, like, Sarah. 
<laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Mm. And then the mum is called like Muffy or something. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 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 Quinn. Quinn. Um, Quinn. Quinn. Yeah. And it, that that's short for like I don't know. Quintalia. Yeah. Something like that. Mm. Um. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Right. Um. Right. Yeah. Uh. So. Um. What were we here to talk about again? Yeah, I don't know. I've forgotten. Um, welcome to the uh, yeah. welcome to the Volkswagen podcast. Yeah, there's actually a kind of oh, there's, I think there's a, there's a, there's a there's one for Phoebe's. Sort welcome of to Fretzelcast. Phoebe's debate corner here uh-huh. because in the argument they have in the lift, uh, Elaine ends up saying, "Well, you got to admit it's kind of a coincidence." Uh, and then, and then, as she's saying, it's like a big coincidence. And then Rava is like, "There's no big or little coincidence. There are no degrees of coincidence." And I think there are degrees of coincidence. And she appeals. Absolutely she are, appeals yeah. to the other people in the lift to back her up on this too. Yeah, <laughs> friends, Romans, lift passengers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you make of degrees of coincidence? Yeah, I feel like it's yeah, how likely a coincidence s- it is. Of course, there are sm- like there are small coincidences and big coincidences. Yeah. Of course, there are. Yeah. Me wearing a shade of colour glasses that are exactly the same as yours. Small coincidence. No, no, it's fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's evidence Fuck of you, you being a fucking thief. Yeah. <laughs> Phoebe just finds the glasses when she goes home after this, like years later. That's like, what I thought was going to happen drawer. to the statue, right? I, I yeah. assumed this whole time they were just going to fake us out, right? And after persecuting mm. this guy for stealing the statue, they were just going to find it like b- wedged behind the fridge or something. Yeah. Because um, this is the that... thing about it, because I guess by the end of the episode, it's sort of implied that the guy did actually steal the oh, statue, yeah. But, yeah. But, but it's not really clear why. Just like why. It. He just he likes like... gaslighting people. He's doing praxis. Yeah. He's doing redistributive justice, but just a, a very, very narrow form of redistributive justice, which just mm. involves statues. Yeah, the thing about so Jerry is that he's take a, a kulak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I feel like the guy had like ways out. Praxis cast. <laughs> like, when he phoned up, when he phoned up about the statue, he could have been like, "Oh yeah, he's like the statue was really dirty, and I have this special statue cleaning stuff at my flat, so I brought it round, but I'll bring it back round next time I come." Like there were like there were like plausible ways out. Mm. Um, I mean, yet again, we have found ourselves in a situation whereby I have to explain to you what a narrative and what a story <laughs> is. <laughs> Look. <laughs> And making suggestions for how they should behave as if they were real people in real situations. Forgive me for being (laughs) Aiden Taco Jones here, but I found that a lot of the characters were not behaving in the way I would have behaved in that scenario. (laughs) It seems like they could have really sorted out this situation quite early on. They could have ironed out any misunderstanding just by talking to each other like normal people. Seems like some sort of comedy of errors is going on here. Yeah. It was, fu- it, was fu- it was fucking great. I don't the really taco- like watching things. <laughs> the taco seems to be a genuine under- line. <laughs> oh, man, you know, you know, you know line. you're doing a great job as a podcast guest when the hosts start remembering a better guest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if better guest is the right word. More chaotic. Certainly more chaotic. Just, just because he was just sort of under the impression and also quite kind of aggrieved. 
yeah. at this he was impression by Seinfeld. That we, that, we, that we were like somehow like showing him a very very upsetting kind of uh, anthropological mm. documentary. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was really mad. Just yeah, he got, he got really really. Well, mad. If it's not real, why is it called Seinfeld? That's the guy's real name. Exactly. <laughs> why is he a comedian? His real job. So sorry, what what you're saying that I. My name is Seinfeld, and I'm pretending to be called Seinfeld. Now that's a big coincidence. <laughs> that's a you're big saying it's a character, even though he looks exactly <laughs> like me and has the same job as me and the same name. God, you're talking pretty crazy right now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure it's a documentary, mate. <laughs> yeah, that would be a pretty large coincidence. Yeah, of course there are large coincidences and small coincidences. Yeah. Like that's I, I, I don't even think that I don't even think that's a worthy subject for Phoebe's debate corner. Yeah, no. Uh, and then we move swiftly into a- Alice Corner because uh, Kramer pretends to be a cop. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he uses the like suit and the hat that he had got from Jerry's grandfather, or his father, I guess. And yeah. uh, he just like does a bit of breaking and entering, which I cherish. And he pulls a fucking dragnet on this guy. Um, I really, I really loved this because I loved the coat and hat coming back into the storyline. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. that. Yeah. 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 So real he, Chekhov's gun hours. Yeah. So he acts like this Chekhov's sort of fifties detective. <laughs> like he throws him up against the wall and just kind of like barks incomprehensibly at him. Yeah. And he's actually doing like nineteen forties cop guy. He's like, ah, oh, listen, see? Yeah, you've been involved in criminal activity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> actually, my favorite bit from that scene is where he's like listing the the charges he's invented against him of like uh, theft and like conspiracy and burglary, and he just throws in murder because he gets carried away with himself. <laughs> I appreciated that a lot. The guy's like, officer, I don't remember committing any murders. <laughs> God, what if he confessed to one? Oh yeah, that would have been a great episode. Mm. Kramer accidentally catches like you know the, <laughs> the uh, fucking hillside strangler. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you're telling me <laughs> that, that you are only pretending to be a police officer? <laughs> <laughs> An inspector calls shit. <laughs> I pr- yeah, I pronounced gun as gone, and now I'm just really unhappy and feeling really yeah. dispirited yeah, by doing uh, that. Uh, uh, campus, campus gone girl, um, <laughs> who shit herself. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, the, 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 the fucking the, Caitlin the, Bennett, the, the Caitlin woman whose hair looks like ramen noodles. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, no, sorry. Do they look like ramen noodles? I think they're more like kind of fusilli. Oh, White yeah, girls right. with that curly hair are kind of scary. Mm. Like, there's something going on there. It's it's the combination of like the the like <laughs> the, the, the bottle blondness and also the kind of like fucked texture that you get from curling it that way. Yeah, like I have curly hair, but that's like aggressively curly hair. Mm. I mean, then again, if you grew yours out to like shoulder length, <laughs> for someone who's blonde. <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, genuinely, what, what, what is this peculiar assumption about the world? What are the dominoes between this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
white girls with curly hair are weird. What the fuck? <laughs> I didn't say weird. I said scary. Yeah. But, no, and I said with hair that's that curly. I don't know. It's a kind of like, on like the listen, extreme end of curly. Po- podcasting is a kind of misogyny test kitchen, right? We we just try <laughs> yeah. some stuff out on an experimental <laughs> basis, and so it's not always gonna stick. Phoebe's right? like, our test woman. We see yeah, what she it, thinks. It can't all. They can't all be women. Be shopping, right? Sometimes they're gonna <laughs> no. be misses. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> women be having curly hair. <laughs> women be having blonde curly hair. Men be asking questions about it. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, I honestly, it's <laughs> never occurred to me that that you think. Wait, wait, that wait. This that, is that, that, that woman who remarkable. stole your glasses. What was her hair like? <laughs> uh, actually, because of the because of the year, she had like kind of MySpace hair. Ah. Okay, hang on. Like MySpace Tom, just like a buzz cut. No, no, no! Like the kind of scene emo that, yeah. Oh, we're talking like fringe over one eye. Yeah, yeah. Ah, big bow. Ah. What's happening? Had your glasses stolen by Belle Delphine? That's what I'm saying. No, actually, the giant hair bow—that is fucked vibes. I will that argue fu- that. No, much. no, no, that is fucked vibes. It's like yeah, it's like girl who wears vibes. a hat. Like you know who makes yeah. a hat a part of her personality. Yeah, the yeah. fedora yeah. lesbian, for instance, is actually, an uh, extremely what, cursed time. What I was about to say, the 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 fucked vibes of the girl with a bow in her hair uh, is just so incredibly cancelable that I'm going to say it at the end of the record. I'm not saying it now. Hell yes. <laughs> um, okay. What's, happen- what's happened here as well? You know what's <laughs> fucked vibes being Chinese. <laughs> just imagining what that could have been. Like and just us both being like, Phoebe, what? <laughs> That's the same Nazi who drives the Volkswagen. It's like, yo, you know what's fucked is being not white. It's kind of yeah, weird so, vibes, actually. See how the minor vibes get fucked. <laughs> like calling your phrenology kit your, like, fucked vibes kit. Yeah. Uh, you know oh. they'd pronounce vibes like Phoebus. 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 Also my code name. <laughs> That's right. Um... Uh, yeah, so what's happened here is I have, in order to demonstrate mm. the MySpace hair, I have, because obviously uh, the listeners cannot see, I have arranged mm. my hair into a MySpace fringe and now I can't get it out. No, you're going to have to like you're gonna have to go and buy You, Me, at Six album <laughs> I'm, now. I'm, I'm stuck like this forever. Um, mm. I'm going to have to take a weird picture of myself, like just from like very, very high above me. Also, the bit I was going to do before, high above me. before you introduced um, <laughs> the cancelable vibes um, was uh, that uh, imagining this girl being like, actually, that's not a bow in my hair. It's a big farfalle and I'm Italian. It's actually part of my culture. <laughs> so you might want to take that back. Well, that's what I was saying about the fusilli hair. It's mm. more like fusilli than ramen. Just uh, our most Italian mm. friend just calling us all in about our yeah. pasta hair jokes. <laughs> That's right. I didn't want to say anything publicly because of cancel culture, but if you guys could stop doing the pasta hair jokes, that would be <laughs> great. Only I can say that the people's hair is like a spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy tweeting that they're an anti-racist and getting this huge with a tweet about, yo, what's up with that pasta hair? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very who, good. Who, 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 Alice, who is your most Italian friend? 
Ooh, I. You know what? You're asking me to like racially catalog my friends. That's right. <laughs> I love also this that you're assuming that Alice isn't friends with any real Italians. This is a reg. This is a regular part of the show. This is yeah. the. Uh, well, I mean, clearly the, it's the racial Milo, categorization right? section. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, whoa. <laughs> Spiritually Italian, guy. if not geographically. Absolutely. Spiritually Italian and therefore spiritually just a little bit Swedish. To be fair, you are spiritually Italian. You do wear a lot of pink. Mm. Is that something Italians do? But I don't have much yes. body hair or wear a medallion. Or a lot of cologne. Although I don't know yeah. whether you wear a lot of cologne or not. Do you wear a lot of cologne? I don't eat meats out of the fridge. Mm. Not a big, I'm not I'm a big sorry? cured meats guy. eat meats out of the fridge? No, I mean, as in, I, I will like, I will cook meat that has been in the fridge, obviously, but I don't like eat, <laughs> eat the, meat like, out of the fridge, cuts. like straight yeah. out of the pack. Yeah, okay. that's not. I feel like Italians be Milo doing that. just li- just leaves the meat just all just round the house. He just sort of dangles yeah, it off it adds the flavor off the, off the curtain. <laughs> you leave a steak on a radiator for twenty eight days. This is now no longer Milo, my most Italian friend, but Milo, who is a cat, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. To be fair, Milo is an Italian name. It is, yeah. Um, it's a Latin yeah. name. Yeah, it's me, uh, George Galloway, the cat of this podcast. <laughs> George Mileaway. Oh. <laughs> 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 They've had to change it to George Manaway <laughs> because of the transgender lobby. Um, George Galloway, the original cat boy. Do you yeah, want? Do you right. want the George Galloway drop? Please. Yeah. Oh boy. Funk-loving sluts. Amazing. Great. Yeah. Um, <sighs> well, much to think about. Much to <laughs> think about. So, uh, yeah, so Kramer gets the statue back. He comes back to the apartment. He presents it to them all theatrically. George is like, Kramer, I can't believe you did this. And then, uh, and then George immediately drops it and breaks it. Yeah, Kramer claps him on the back and he just drops yeah. it. Classic. Kramer is the truest agent of chaos. Hmm. Yeah. That was like the joke in the show that I saw coming the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as soon as he got it back, I'm like, yeah, yeah. "Yeah, okay. Well, they had to close it out. Yeah, exactly. Chekhov's gun has to go off. It does. This is a classic classic three-act Seinfeld structure. Mm. Yeah. The three-bit structure. The three-bit structure. Mm. That's right. (laughs) Um, Speaking of which, there there is a bit at the end um, where uh, Jerry says that people will steal from you and you should just accept it. Which is kind of the opposite of the message of the episode. Yeah, very, like, very much does not accept. Yeah, the, the, the message of the episode is like impersonate the police and yeah, go and get your shit vigilante. back. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, like Jerry Seinfeld volunteer pedophile hunter. Um, <laughs> I'm very into the idea of like filming this in Britain and Kramer just like sitting on a guy in a McDonald's car park. <laughs> 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 they're, having a, they're having a one minute silence for the fall and have a little respect <laughs> well, the, mor- the moral of the episode is uh, abolish the police and replace it with the uh, Kramer Femboy Brigade that's right or that's the, right. Uh, the Creme Boys the Creme Boys Crispy Crispy Creme the Crispy Creme Boys Crispy Creme Boys the Crispy Creme Boys <laughs> like a, like the, the top half of the costume is a big donut but the bottom half is like some thigh highs yeah well, now we get right. into the converging meanings of the word twink here. Uh, <laughs> hostess Twinkies made with real twink. <laughs> Just pumping a twink full of cream. That is, that, that is where it came from. That's where Milo. the word twink came from. <laughs> oh, oh, no, did it actually? Genuinely. No, no 
it didn't. Yeah, it did. What, because it gets like, pumped in terms full of, the, of cream? Yes. You're never going to be Alice on the history of being gay and pre- depraved sexual acts. <laughs> <laughs> That's why those are two things. <laughs> that and military history is the other That's one. That's right. Well, those so, things overlap a lot. I mean, so that's we get Al- Alice on to talk depravity and cakes. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. This is also why I weigh nine thousand pounds. <laughs> Alice is doing anti-landlord praxis by ensuring she cannot be removed from her apartment. <laughs> yeah, my landlord has to pay for a forklift to extract me. Just stop paying the rent and be like, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> I've got so much food in here. I can last for weeks. Um, <sighs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. We're going like, to have to starve her out. <laughs> <laughs> Trouble is she's stocked up on swords and old Soviet weapons. <laughs> Nay, bouncers will go in there. Those bailiffs, they wouldn't send nightclub bouncers. <laughs> no, that's the thing. We have to replace the police with, if not Kramers, bouncers. You know that a Twinkie's got so much preservatives in it, it can last for a thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> there are Twinkies on She's sale gonna today live forever. that were manufactured at the time of the Norman Conquest. <laughs> that's you right. mean to say... That's why the, Twinks the are so us, useful. The, con- the conquering French hordes. <laughs> pump these cakes full of cream. <laughs> uh, visit uh, sounding kind of feu right now, mon ami. Huh? <laughs> Sir, the French have clapped the cheeks of your favourite boy. <laughs> <laughs> now he's going to be preserved for a thousand years. <laughs> We're not going to do better than that, are we? <laughs> well, thank you for inviting me onto your Seinfeld podcast where you talk about the show Seinfeld. Yeah, no, I promise only to thank Alice very much for joining thank us. Thank you oh, so my pleasure. much, Alice. It's been, a, it's been an all-timer, truly. <laughs> um, uh, Alice, is there anything you'd like to plug? Oh, I know there is. There is. Yeah, if I, if, well, are you saying that I would use that setup for an obscene joke? No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I I have started another podcast because we love starting podcasts in quarantine. Uh, this one has Abby Thorne from Philosophy Tube and friend of the show, sometimes on the trash you just stream Devon on it. It's called we Kill James Devin. Bond. We have a Patreon. Patreon slash Kill James Bond. It's about James Bond. If you hadn't discerned that. Yeah. The, the pod's bond. Yeah, that's right. James and bond. also, as ever, go to HTTPS uh, cancellation deny access. Give them your <laughs> PIN number. Just, you know, see what happens. <laughs> that would be fun to give them your PIN number because they would still have to find you and steal your card. <laughs> That'd be like a fun challenge. Like, <laughs> yeah, it'd be I like, have a sword. Good luck. Exactly. Exactly. Do you mean, do you mean to say that you... <laughs> <laughs> Got tricked into signing up to Patreon. Uh, can I do? Can I do my plugs? Alice, are you no. done plugging? <laughs> no, please, please. Alice, are you done plugging? Handshake meme. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast, what Alice is doing immediately after the podcast. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I am. I'm. I'm back posting. Yeah. So if you want to follow me, you can drop her a follow, Kings and Queens at mm-hmm. PRH Roy. Mm. And if you would like to follow at my other podcast sun 10,000 posts uh, you can at 10k posts pod 
And we also have a Patreon and it would be extremely delightful if we could con you out of your money. Mm. Yeah. An old timey scam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to our podcast, see? <laughs> you got to send us your iTunes gift cards once a month, see? And you get bonus content. The bonus content is worth much more than the gift cards. Listen to these wise guys. It's just a release fee. <laughs> On that bombshell. Yeah. Alice, thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you very much for being a Patreon for subscriber. Being a Patreon subscriber. Uh, uh, mm. uh. And a reminder that uh, <laughs> if you're a $3 subscriber, you can upgrade that subscription to $5 a month and you will get a bonus movie episode every month. Uh, currently, what's on there is uh, our review with Riley of the 2008 film The Love Guru, uh, which we all thought was great. <laughs> so uh, tune in for that and we will see you on the free feed next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.